Before we look into God's word together, uh, let us speak with him again. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word and the encouragement that it is to us to live lives faithfully before you. Lord, we pray that we may indeed be encouraged this morning. May your Holy Spirit be working upon our hearts and may we become more like your son, Jesus Christ, as a result of spending time looking at your word together. May you indeed speak to us this morning and we be listening to what you have to say. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm someone who definitely loves rewards. Uh, Rewards are something that I have to use in my own life if I'm going to achieve certain things. And at the moment, that particular reward that I often look forward to is uh, for losing weight. I am conscious that I have to lose weight at different times and have to maintain a certain level of weight. And so my wife and I have worked out a scheme in our house where we uh, lose weight or maintain a certain uh, status quo of weight levels by rewards. Each month, we actually are rewarded with a small amount of money by which we can then use to purchase something. And for me, it's usually books. For Jill, it's uh, usually uh, craft uh, items. I'm not sure why she spends her money on those kinds of things, but then she probably doesn't really understand why I spend my money on different kinds of things as well. But we have to do that because if we don't have a budget for me and book spending or some other incentive, well, then, of course, I would spend all my money on books and we wouldn't have any, any money to actually survive as a family. And so the power of rewards is something that we know very much in our house. It can actually uh, stop me from eating, which is quite an accomplishment, uh, that I can actually say no to something that is very sweet and yummy as a result of a reward that I may get further down the track. And rewards is something that is not just peculiar to the Radford household. It is something that everybody seems to know about, and including Peter, Uh, the Apostle of Jesus Christ. We've been looking at 1 Peter for many weeks now, and we've been slowly working through, although we had a bit of a break when I went on annual leave and we had a church camp, we've been slowly working through chapter 5 at this time. And so if you've got a black church Bible, I encourage you to have it open uh, to page 1203, 1203, and we're particularly concentrating on verse 4 this morning of 1 Peter chapter 5. That's where we're up to. And we see there that the concept of rewards is given there. In 1 Peter chapter 4, we see it says, And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. That word receive there is the word that is often used The Greek word is used to indicate a reward given for wages or for work, uh, is a reward or wages given for work done. And we see that actually in another part of the New Testament where the parable of the talents is uh, given by Jesus and he talks about rewards being given for those who have used their talents well. And so the concept of rewards is through the New Testament, through the Bible, and is actually used here in 1 Peter chapter 5 as well. But the question this morning I want to raise is, firstly, who is rewarded? If rewards are given out, and 1 Peter chapter 4 indicates that by that word receive, who is rewarded? Who is rewarded? And that brings me to my first main point this morning. Faithful elders are rewarded. If you've got a church bulletin there, you can see on the back my main points if you'd like to follow along. And the first one is, faithful elders are rewarded. 
We see that this uh, group in verse 4 is called you and that that's the faithful elders. Verse 4 says, And when the chief shepherd appears, you, so not everybody, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. There's a particular group that will receive something and that is faithful elders. How do we know this? Well, it's because that's what has been spoken about previously. That is who Peter is speaking to up until this point and so, of course, he's still speaking to them. What does a faithful elder look like according to Peter? Well, we've seen in previous weeks what an elder should look like, an elder of a church. Uh, We've seen in verse 2 that an elder, because he addresses them in verse 1, he says, To the elders among you I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's sufferings, and one who also will share in the glory to be revealed. And then we see what they're meant to be. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers. And we saw when we looked at that verse that an elder must be a shepherd. He must be someone who looks after people as though they are sheep. And what does a shepherd do? He's someone who feeds the sheep. He's, uh, so an elder of a church must be someone who feeds the people, feeds people by God's word, makes sure that they're well nourished on the word of God. He's also someone who protects the sheep, making sure that they're not harmed by people who would wish to hurt God's people. And he also makes sure that they are, uh, are healed when they have uh, hurts and different wounds that the elders of a church come along, a faithful elder will make sure that that person is cared for and encouraged and supported whilst they go through that suffering. And then we saw also in verse 2 another uh, attribute of a faithful elder is that they must serve willingly. We see that in verse 2. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be. And so we saw that an elder is someone who isn't forced into eldership, not because they must, but because they're willing. Uh, They are someone who doesn't feel obligated to be an elder, but they do it with delight and not with this forced attitude. We also see that they're not greedy for money in verse 2 as well. We see uh, not because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not greedy for money, not greedy for money, but eager to serve. And so when we looked at that, we saw that there's opportunities for people who are elders of churches to make lots of money if they want. They can push people. They can, uh, And we see some people throughout uh, America particularly, some people who uh, proclaim Christ and are Christian pastors, and they make huge amounts of money. But that should not be our motivation for being an elder. A faithful elder should not be greedy for money but eager to serve. And then finally in verse 3, we see another reason... uh, that an elder shouldn't be an elder or what they should be if they're faithful they should be ones who are not lording it over those entrusted to you but being examples to the flock they should be people who don't lord themselves don't dominate the people don't try and use the people for what they can get out of them the power hunger that is often seen in some churches Uh, That should not be the attribute of a faithful elder. Instead, a faithful elder should be always being an example to the people and not trying to use them for his own gain. And so those are the types of elders who are rewarded, those who are faithful, those who fit those criteria that we see there from 1 Peter chapter 5. Whereas the opposite is true also. Those who are not rewarded are elders who don't care for the sheep, serve out of compulsion, out of an obligation, serve for money, serve for power. They are not rewarded if it is the ones who are faithful who are rewarded according to this text. So we see here in 1 Peter chapter four, uh, 5 that 
People are rewarded, and those people are faithful elders, one who serve well, who do good works as elders of churches. The question then is, is what is the reward that is given to the faithful elders? Because, let's face it, rewards, you want to know what it is if it's going to be a motivator to do what is right, to do what is good. And so that leads me to my second main point this morning. Faithful elders are rewarded with a crown of glory. Faithful elders are rewarded with a crown of glory. And we see that in verse 4. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. This is a wonderful text for elders to remember because the greatest thing we can often receive in this world is a crown. People fight for crowns all over the place. It's sort of the highest status that you can have is to be one who has a crown, who is honoured and king or queen over other people. And that is what is said that elders receive. We receive a crown. And people will do all kinds of things for such a reward, for such a crown. Uh, You just look through history, and again and again, people do uh, many faithful things, but many unfaithful things just to receive a crown. I'm at the moment very interested in uh, Shakespeare's Richard III, about Richard, uh, because he was uh, a king of England who they just found his body. I don't know if many people would have noticed that in the media, but uh, earlier this year, they actually, some uh, historians, worked out where he would be uh, from the historical records, and they dug him up and did some DNA matching and found him. But he was a terrible king, but he had that lust for a crown. He really wanted a crown, and he actually ended up murdering his own nephews. Uh, it's uh, still, we can't be quite definite, but Shakespeare is a little bit more definite in his play. He murdered his little nephews who he was meant to be looking after because they would receive the crown one day. He murdered them, put them in the Tower of London so that he could have that crown. Crowns are great rewards, and we see that all through history. People want a crown. And faithful elders receive a particular type of crown, a crown that can never be promised in this life. Did you notice how the crown is described there in verse 4? You will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. That will never fade away. This is a great reward. This is a great crown to have. And particularly in the context when people would have known about crowns in the time of the New Testament and particular crowns that were given out quite often. The Greeks used to give out crowns which were uh, wreaths of ivy or olive branches woven together and you'd put on someone's head at uh, like the Olympic Games and things like that. They would reward them with these crowns. But of course what happens with some ivy and an olive branch as a crown? It eventually fades. It eventually, it's, it's dying even as it's being made into that crown and then it's withering and eventually discarded because it is no longer fit for anything. It just shrivels up and dies. Whereas the crown that Peter speaks about to people who are very much aware of that kind of crown, he says they receive a crown of glory that will never fade away. And that is a fantastic type of crown. It's not even a crown with saying of of gold and precious jewels of this world where, I mean, let's face it, those kind of crowns can be destroyed as well. But this crown that is given to faithful elders never fades away. This is the ultimate reward. Even my rewards that I get for losing weight or maintaining my status quo, they will fade away. My books that I purchase with my reward money, they don't endure, they fade. The sad thing is, the, often with the paperbacks, buy hardcover. 
paperbacks, the glue eventually will just start to break up. You might get silverfish, those little things that run around. They start to eat your books. They eat the, the glue in the spine. They fade away. But does the reward that God gives to faithful elders fade away? No. It's not like those little laurel wreaths. It's not even like my books. It never fades away. It's a crown that lasts forever. And that's a wonderful concept to grasp. And you may be saying, well, if you're an elder of the church, sign me up. Can I get my crown? How do I get this crown that is of unfading glory? Are we going to have a coronation service after, this, uh, after the service this morning? We can get all the elders, the three elders of the church. We'll get them together. We've read this text. It says we get a crown. And we'll actually get some crowns out. And uh, we'll get them. And we'll put them on. Is that what we're going to do? When do we get these crowns that are promised here in verse 4? Well, that brings me to my third main point this morning. Faithful elders are rewarded with a crown of glory when Jesus appears. Faithful elders are rewarded with a crown of glory when Jesus appears. The reward doesn't come now. The crown is given when the chief shepherd appears. We see that in verse 4. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. It's all contingent upon this chief shepherd appearing. So who is the chief shepherd? Well, we would say naturally that it must be God who is the chief shepherd because back in verse 2, whose flock is it that the shepherds, the elders of the church are serving under? Verse 2, it says, be shepherds of God's flock. So it must be God who is the chief shepherd. But can God appear to us? As it says here in verse 4, the chief shepherd appears. Well, God the Father cannot appear. He is spirit. We cannot see him. But Jesus is also God, and he can appear, and we actually look forward to his appearing as well. And he is actually referred to as a chief shepherd in other parts of the Bible as well. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20, it refers to him as the great shepherd. It says in Hebrews 13, verse 20, May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. And then, of course, in John 10, that passage that is known very well to most Christians about Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd. So it fits quite nicely here that it's the chief shepherd. It is Jesus. And when he appears, when he returns to take us to be with him in glory, that is when we get our crowns. We can't have the crowns now. The crowns are to come when Jesus appears. And that's, that means that then the hard work of the elders, of doing all these things that they have to do, they have to serve willingly, which sometimes can be hard. Uh, they have to not be greedy for money. They have to not lord themselves over others. They have to be faithful shepherds of the sheep by looking after them, feeding them, encouraging them, protecting them. All those hard things, that happens now. Reward comes later. You don't get your reward now whilst you're doing the hard work. You get it later. And that's a concept we understand when it comes to rewards. You don't get rewarded before you've actually done the hard work. During the holidays, I took two weeks annual leave, I actually asked Jill for one of my rewards early, contingent upon me serving after I got the reward. Of course I would be able to serve. I would do it properly. I would make sure that I would uh, fulfil the criteria to get my reward. 
Jill was not too happy about it. She said, no, that's not how it works. You're meant to do the task before you are rewarded. And she's right. And it's in agreement here with what Peter is saying as well. The crown of unfading glory that the elder should be looking forward to only comes once he has done the hard work. And that actually becomes then a motivator for him to work hard here and now. If you receive the reward contingent upon work later on, how much of a motivation is it once you already have the reward? It's not much of a motivation at all. And so you actually be slack in your service. But if an elder has that reward of an un- a crown of unfading glory to be given one day, then that will help him be more and more faithful as he should be according to this part of scripture about what he should be in his faithfulness. It should be a great encouragement to him. And elders need that kind of encouragement. They need that encouragement of an unfading crown of glory that they will get for being faithful elders. Remember that this whole passage is written in the context of suffering. Back in chapter 4, back at verse 12, Peter began a new section on suffering. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. And so he's talked about suffering in general application. Then he's talking to the elders all in the midst of suffering. And we've got to remember that elders will often suffer greatly for being not just Christians, but for being pastors of the sheep. People of the world who hate Christians know that if they can attack pastors, they can do significant damage and they often will go after pastors. Christians who are imprisoned around the world at this point in time, many, many of them are pastors. And so what will help them continue to be faithful in such suffering? This crown of glory, this unfading crown of glory that is held out to them. And so that they, even though they may be despised by the world, they can concentrate on that crown so they can continue to be faithful. And I must admit this is a thing for me as well. I'm not being imprisoned anytime soon for being a pastor of a church, but it is still that people will look down on me because of my role. I even have uh, friends and family, family members, who think that I gave up so much to go into the ministry. They thought that what I was doing previously as a podiatrist, although they wouldn't like to look at feet themselves, they saw that it was a a more noble profession and well-paid, and they thought that I could uh, have great status with that. And so when I chose to go into the ministry, they said, how foolish, how dumb are you? There's, There's no glory in doing that. Well, they haven't read 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4. There is great glory in serving faithfully as an elder. Such glory that you get a crown that is unfading in that glory that is given. And so elders should keep that in mind as they serve faithfully. I've got to remember to keep it in mind. I often do that with the pit. Uh, I have a picture that I show myself each day of the reward that I will get if I lose weight if I, or I stay at that weight level. I show myself a picture, remind myself each day what the goal is. And that's what we need to do as elders of a church. If we're going to faithfully serve, we don't have a picture as such that we can pull up each day, but we need to remind ourselves that we will be rewarded, not with monetary gain in this world. We're not meant to be greedy for that. But we will be rewarded with a crown of unfading glory. And we need to remind ourselves of that. So elders should be faithful as they look forward to their reward. A special crown. 
The question is then, what about you guys? Do non-elders get rewarded as well? You may be saying, oh, that's very well for the three people in the room who are elders of the church. They get that crown. But you kind of get that sinking feeling, sad feeling, that they're getting a crown and you're not. What's the benefit for you? It's like we had a birthday party for my son recently and my little daughters. She's looking at all the presents and he's opening them all. And she just selects, selects one and she says, Pip's one? Pip's one? She just thought that maybe this one was for her. And she was a bit sad because she saw that everybody else, uh, well, no, that Joshua was getting all the glory. He was getting all the attention. He was getting all the presents. And she was a bit sad. And I can see that maybe you're sitting there now thinking, oh, yes, that's good for Ray, Danny and Joel. They're going to be getting this unfading crown. Well, bully for them. What about me? What do I get? So I thought I'd, I'd sort of go outside the text just here at the end of the sermon uh, to give you some encouragement as well. And so that brings me to my fourth main point this morning. Faithful Christians are rewarded as well. Faithful Christians are rewarded. How are faithful Christians rewarded? They do good works. What is their reward? You may say, of course they get a reward. They get heaven. If you're a person who does good works, who follows Christ's law, then of course you will get the reward. You'll go to heaven. Well, you've got to say, remember, no, good works do not get you heaven. No one is good enough. If you do lots of faithful acts in accordance with God's word, that will never save you. That will never get you heaven. No one gets into heaven by doing good works because we've also not just done necessarily good works, but we've done bad works. We've sinned against God, and as soon as we sin once, we deserve to go to hell and not heaven, no matter how many good works we've done. And so faithful Christians are not rewarded with heaven. No. How do you get heaven? It's by the work of Jesus Christ, by the faithfulness of Jesus, not the faithfulness of you. By Jesus' work at the cross. That is how you are saved. That is how you get eternal life. It is by trusting that Jesus and his death at the cross was a cleansing of the sin that is contaminating your soul. You deserve hell and not heaven. But because of the work of Jesus Christ, if you turn from your sin and trust that he died for you, you go to heaven. It's not about your faithfulness in keeping God's law, not about your good works. It's about trusting in Jesus Christ. And if you do that, then you get to go to heaven. So faithful service as Christians isn't rewarded with heaven. You already have heaven. You're already going there. So what encouragement can I give you? Is my fourth main point valid? Faithful Christians are rewarded. When you do good works, do you get a reward? Well, yes, the Bible does speak about Christians doing good works to get a reward in heaven. Matthew 6, where Jesus is preaching on the Sermon on the Mount, verse 19, he says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. <clears throat> But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Jesus says, be faithful and store up for yourselves not treasure here on earth, which fades away, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven that does not fade away. And he gives an example of how it doesn't fade away. There's no moth and there's no rust in heaven to destroy your reward. So do that. 
And the Apostle Paul also speaks about rewards in heaven as well. In a very uh, important passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I encourage you to look at it. It's page 1129 if you've got a church Bible. Page 1129, 1,129. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, page 1,129. Reading from verse 8. From verse 8, Paul says, the When he's talking about planting and watering there, he's talking about sharing the gospel with other people. And he says there, each will be rewarded according to his own labour. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. And then he says, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. So if you're going to serve, have Jesus at the bottom of everything. And then, if... Any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay or straw, his work will be shown for what it is because the day, judgment day, when Jesus appears, will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved... So get into heaven, but only as one escaping through the flames. We see there that people get into heaven, but their works either go with them or get burnt up. And if your works go with you, if you built with faithfulness to God's word, if your good works have been in accordance with God's word, rather than in accordance with your own life, and that would mean it would be stuff like wood or hay or straw that is easily burned up. But if you've been faithful and done good works... In accordance with God's word, you've been using gold, silver, and costly stones, and that will be tested by fire and survive, and you will be rewarded as a result. Now, what will be that reward? It's always nice to know what the reward is. As I said before, I try and draw up a picture on a regular basis to know what my reward is for keeping my weight under control. What is the reward for you if you're a faithful Christian building on that foundation of Jesus Christ? Well, that brings me to my fifth main point. Faithful Christians are rewarded with a crown of glory when Jesus appears. All Christians, you'll be pleased to know, receive crowns in glory. There's many texts that teach this in the New Testament. James chapter 1, verse 12 says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, if you persevere under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Revelation 2.10 says, Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you a crown of life. Revelation 3.11 says, Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. And then 1 Corinthians 9, Paul speaks about a crown as well. He says, I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. He's talking about there his faithfulness in uh, serving. He says, Do you not know that in a race all runners run? But only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown. That will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. 
Therefore I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. And then in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul also says, Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but to also to all who have longed for his appearing. Do you long for Jesus appearing? Well, then you get a crown. You get a reward from God. And this should be an encouragement to you, just as it's an encouragement to faithful elders to keep on serving faithfully so that they get that crown. It should be an encouragement to you if you are a Christian. Because, let's face it, being a Christian is hard work. This passage we're reading in 1 Peter talks about suffering of all Christians, not just pastors. If you are a Christian, it's guaranteed you'll be persecuted by someone, by your friends, by your family, by Satan himself in some way. You'll be targeted for being a Christian. And what will motivate you to keep serving Christ when you're getting targeted for serving Christ. Why will you endure that? Why will you keep going? Because of the crown that you can keep in mind, because of that eternal life that you're going for and then the treasure that you'll have in heaven. I don't exactly know how the treasure will be administered. We aren't given the kind of details. But there is an honour that is associated with crowns. And you will have honour. You'll be praised by God for what you have done. And that will be a delight in itself. And that is something that you're meant to keep in mind as you endure suffering for being a Christian. And even as you struggle against the sin in your own life, you as a Christian are not told that when you become a Christian you will stop sinning. No, you keep on sinning until Jesus appears or until you die. And you will struggle against it. And it's hard work fighting the sin in your life. How do you keep motivated to keep fighting the sin? Well, one way is to meditate upon the fact that you will be rewarded for faithfulness. Every time you fight against sin and do what is right rather than what is wrong, you're adding maybe just another little jewel to that crown that you will receive. And you should keep that in mind when you serve him. So do you recognise that faithful Christians are rewarded? That faithful Christians are rewarded when Jesus appears. It's very hard to, to hang on to a reward that you haven't quite got or you can't see quite clearly. But that's what you've got to recognise, that you don't get that reward now. Do you recognise that it's only when Jesus appears? And do you use that knowledge to help you eradicate sin from your life and stay faithful to him? Do you use texts like these that speak about that crown to encourage you to serve God. I encourage you to do so. If you are a Christian, don't miss out on this wonderful tool that you have to fight Satan, to fight the sin in your life, and that is by meditating upon the reward that you have from God. Let us speak with him. Let us come before him in prayer. Heavenly Father, it is so wonderful to consider that you give us eternal life, that sinners such as we are granted eternal life in paradise with you. We do not deserve it, but because of Christ's work at the cross, if we turn to you in repentance and faith, we can have eternal life. And then, if that was not enough, O God, you are so merciful and so gracious, not only to give us eternal life, but to reward us according to our service here. 
Lord, we thank you that you give crowns, you give reward to your faithful servants. And Lord, we pray that we may do so. Lord, we pray that you may give us much of your Holy Spirit so that he can work wonders in our lives, so that we can serve you more and more faithfully. We can stamp out the sin in our lives so that our crowns become more and more glorious because of the work that you have done in our lives by your Holy Spirit. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.